You're listening to episode 51 of the Beauty Business Podcast with me, Adam Chatterley. And if you don't know me already, well, I'm your host here on the show, and we're here for the independent businesses in the health, wellness, and beauty industry. I want to help you reach your business goals through simple, practical, and focused business information. So whether you own or manage a beauty salon, a spa, or a clinic, I'm going to teach you all about the foundations of building not only an incredible, rewarding, and profitable business, but above all, a stress-free beauty business too. In short, I want to help you make more money, have more time, and simply enjoy what it is that you do. If that sounds good, let's go. We're back. Yep, things got a little bit out of control there, what with some overseas consulting, way too much speaking at Europe's biggest beauty conference, then the bootcamp, and then a big relaunch of my main course and coaching program. Oh, and if you took part in the bootcamp, thank you so much. It was amazing. We had hundreds of beauty salon owners, clinic owners, and spa owners and managers take part from all over the world. Everyone learned a lot, and I had so much fun. I'm definitely going to be doing that again. Now, if you've got no idea what I'm talking about, then just head over to salonbusinesssecrets.com forward slash bootcamp for all the info and to get notified when the next one is happening. So yeah, we got slightly overambitious, and unfortunately, we didn't quite have enough podcast episodes in the can as it were to keep them running. But you know what? Mistakes happen. We learn from them. We move on. That's the way to make it in this crazy world of indie business. And that's exactly what we're doing. So we've got some great episodes coming your way, including today's. And you know what? The best bit about spending time overseas and at these conferences and events is that it helps the podcast too. I get to make some fantastic people and then bring them to you with all their knowledge and their expertise here on the podcast. So while we may have had a bit of a break, sorry about that, I will be making up for it tenfold in the coming weeks with the episodes and the guests that I'm bringing you. Now, on that subject, among other things that I've got coming up, we're going to be having a kind of mini series of episodes all about retail. And I'm about halfway through those, all of which involve guests on the show to bring you their advice and ideas. Now, I think we're covering all aspects of the beauty retail experience. But if you have any specific burning questions, then please do let me know and I'll make sure we get those covered for you. Okay, back to today's show, and we're talking all about events. Why are we talking about events? Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we officially start the show and I'll explain everything. One of the most effective ways of marketing a new business or remarketing an existing business is by holding some sort of event. You know, social media channels are great for keeping your community informed, for sharing your knowledge in little bite-sized chunks, and yeah, for ad hoc or ongoing promotions. But people don't really get excited about social media posts. And there are so many of them flinging their way into our news feeds that you really need to do something special to stand out. And that is where the old school power of an event comes in. Now, if you've got no idea what I'm talking about here, then let's just clarify something for a second. When I'm talking about an event in this context, I'm talking about an in-person gathering with some sort of focus around it, some particular reason for holding that gathering that you can use as a one-off to get people excited. Now, this could be something as simple as a special talk on skincare with free skincare consultations that takes place one evening at your salon, maybe with some nibbles involved, or it could be a full-scale black tie ball in association with a local charity and other businesses to raise money for or awareness of something. Now, it could be any of these or anything in between, but either way, it's something that you organize that you tell people about, that you get people talking about, and all the while spreading the word about you and your business. 
So why would you want to host an event? What's the point? Well, like I've already mentioned, people almost need something to get excited about if you want them to pay attention. It's the reason we talk about needing to put out offers to entice new clients to your business. People aren't necessarily going to get excited about the fact that you offer a manicure or a facial or a particular massage, even if you are the best around at it. But put on a special offer in front of them, one that appeals specifically to them, and suddenly they'll get on board. It's the same idea with an event. It's a one-off. It's something they can't just have whenever they want it. So it has that all-important scarcity. You know, get it before it's gone, limited availability. Once it's gone, it's gone while stocks last. And all these other marketing catchphrases that we all know, but they speak to our subconscious so powerfully that even though we know they're a marketing ploy, they work anyway. Now, depending on the event that you hold and who you hold it for, you can use an event for a number of different reasons. Now, this is not an exhaustive list by any means, but just as an example, you could use an event to simply get to know your existing clients better, to deepen that relationship, to get to know them on a more personal level, to build that trust and, you know, give something back to them. Now, I've talked about client loyalty being the key to giving the maximum value to your clients and in return, generating the maximum revenue for you from your clients. It's one of the founding principles of my approach to getting new clients and a huge part of my coaching program, The Beauty Client Accumulator. Now, if you can create loyal client base, you will not only lose fewer clients, but you will need fewer clients and make more money. Sound good? Well, that's just one reason to hold an event. Next up, you can use an event to help promote your new retail products or your treatments. Now, sometimes, especially if you've been in business for a while, people get to thinking they know all about you. They kind of pigeonhole you as being a certain type of business doing a certain thing. You can introduce all the new treatments, all the new retail products, all the new services you want, and they will continue to think they know what it is you do, even if they're completely wrong. Now, an event is a fantastic way to re-educate people, to re-establish yourself and get people to take notice of what it is that you're doing now. Now, this actually reminds me of something that happened just last week. I've got a corporate client that for the past 12 years has provided week-long retreat-type health programs. They are a fantastic business with incredible, passionate staff and a unique product. However, they've just opened one of the most incredible luxury boutique day spas that I've seen in a long time, and yet they're struggling to get people in. Why? Well, because for the past 12 years, they've promoted themselves as one thing, a luxury residential health retreat. And now they're still that, but they're also something else. But people think they know what the business is all about. So despite all the marketing work that this spa is doing, People just aren't hearing the new message that's being put out. So what are they going to do about it? Well, yep, they're looking to hold a series of local events, getting people in who think they know what they're all about, and then to show them what they do now. And if they do this, I've got no doubt that when people actually see what they now have to offer, they're going to have no problem filling that day spa every single day. One of the very best reasons to hold some sort of event is if you're just starting out. You can announce a grand opening event and that always gets people's interest because who doesn't want to be the first to see something the first to try something new plus if you hold the event in your salon or in your clinic if that's possible then this will allow them to know where your salon is what it looks like and exactly what you offer now another great reason to hold an event is for a specific type of your client base now this could be just for your vip clients for your most loyal clients for your longest visiting clients or even for those clients who haven't been in for a while also known as lapsed clients or lost clients. Now, just inviting your lost or lapsed clients back again, say for a treatment or something like that, 
that might work. In fact, it will work on some people. But put on an event specifically for them. Now, that's something special. That's something that not every salon or spa would do. Now you've got their attention and you're one step closer to getting their business back too. Now, there's no two ways about it. Holding an event, even a small one, isn't easy. It takes a lot of planning. More on this in a second. And the more that you can share the work, the better. Now, bearing this in mind, this allows you to partner with, say, another local business, possibly offering something that you don't or a different business altogether. Not only does it allow you to share the workload and the cost of an event, but it also doubles the outreach capability and therefore the potential number of people that you can get to the event. Now, it also fosters good ongoing referral relationships between your business and another local business in your town or city, which can provide future potential client opportunities for both of you even after the event is done. And don't think that you can only partner with another business that's you know similar to yours, like a gym or a hair salon or another beauty salon or something like that. Think outside the box. So long as your customers align in some way with the other businesses' customers, it can work. So this can work really well if your own business premises are small and can't really accommodate the size of event that you want. Partnering with a local restaurant, a bistro, a cafe, a co-working space, a bar, a photography studio, even a legal firm in one instance, all can work really well and you can borrow their space for the event too. Now along similar lines, if you want to hold an event to promote your business but also do good, then you could partner with a local charity. Holding an event to raise awareness or money for a charity is always something worth considering. People do make a little bit more effort when they know that there's a good cause that will benefit. Now, people have told me before that this feels a little bit underhand using a charity to help promote your business, but I say, why not? As long as there's a benefit for the charity, usually in the form of money raised, then it's win-win. You bring people to your event and raise some money for the charity, the charity wins, and along the way, people get to learn more about you and your business, so you win. So that's by no means an exhaustive list of why you might want to think about holding an event and some options as to what you might want to do. Now, I've been deliberately vague as to the exact type of event that you might want to hold. That's actually less important than understanding the why behind holding an event. And besides that, the more creative, the more inventive you can be with your event, the better. So I don't want to kind of narrow your focus too much and have you thinking that there are only certain types of event that you can hold. But with that said, though, if you've never organized an event for your business, indeed any event that you have to get people to want to come to, then there is certainly an amount of work involved very probably more than you think, particularly if you want it to run smoothly and you want to actually enjoy the event yourself and for it to be a success. So here is my guide to holding an event in just five easy steps. Now I'm going to go through the steps here and truth be told, there are just five, but each one has a few elements to it. So to help you out even more, my team and I have created you a handy event planning checklist to make sure you don't miss anything out and you stay on track without pulling your hair out. And if you want a copy of that, just head to the show notes page for this episode, which you'll find at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 51, or by clicking on the link in the episode description summary thingy on your podcast app. Okay, so to start with, number one, it's to create your event agenda. Now, not surprisingly with me, the first thing you need to do is to get really clear on why you're holding an event in the first place. Establish what the goals are of your event and what you're hoping to accomplish and exactly how you're going to deliver it too. Visualize the whole event in your mind first. Plan it in such a way that makes sense to you. Use a big piece of paper, use a spreadsheet, a notebook, 
a mood board, a vision board, whatever you might want to use. The point is, before you book anything, invite anyone, or put anything in place, really map out the event clearly for yourself. Don't forget to create a timeline of the activities that will take place in the event itself. Is it realistic? Can you fit it all in? Remember that as soon as the event starts, it's almost certainly going to be off schedule right away. So allow some wiggle room in your timings or estimate on the more you know generous side to make sure that you're not stressing out about things happening on the night or the day. Plus, the most important thing here is to get really, really clear on your point for actually holding the event rather than the, you know, the event itself. Now, number two is to outline your budget. Now, once you've planned the most incredible event and made sure that you can actually fit everything in that you want in the time available for the number of people, next you need to figure out if you can actually afford everything. Now, just like any promotional activity, you're going to have to spend some money in advance to put the event on. Now, for everything that you've planned, work out the cost. Even if it's just some food and drinks, actually find out what this is going to cost. Are you going to need things like plates for people to eat off? Do you need any additional staff to help make it run smoothly? Can you really afford that fire-eating trapeze artist? You know, that kind of thing. Now, it's very easy to get carried away with the idea of an event and lose track of the purpose in the first place. Remember, this is an event to help promote your business. What's the likely outcome for you? So make sure your budget reflects what you stand to make from the event. If you don't trust yourself, speak with your accountant, with your business mentor or coach to get them to check your plans and your budget first. Now, a big tip I always like to remind my clients about is to ask your suppliers for any kind of contribution for freebies or as take home gifts or things to put in a goodie bag. You know, promoting your business also benefits your supplier if it leads to you purchasing larger amounts of professional products or your clients purchasing their retail products for sales. So ask them to help you out if you can. Now, this next bit is up to you, but I highly, highly recommend selling tickets to your event. Now, this might seem like a barrier to getting people to show up, but honestly, if it's a really, really low amount of money, like £10 or $10, getting someone to part with money is one of the best ways to actually make sure people show up. Remember, you're looking to get business out of this. That means clients, and that means people who are right for your business and happy to actually spend some money. If you simply invite people along to a free event, Loads of people are going to say, yeah, sure, I'll definitely be there. But when it comes to the evening or the day of the event, something will always take precedence. So if you can't get them to give you some money to book a place, then what makes you think they will spend money on your treatments or services? Now, you can always offer them twice the value back in any treatments booked or products purchased so that it's a no brainer for them. But make sure you get them to, you know, put some skin in the game, put some money on the table, as they say. Now, the next point, point number three, is to stick to your schedule. So after finding a venue, if your own salon or your clinic won't work, often the hardest part about organizing events is picking a date. You don't want it to clash with another local event. You might want to avoid holidays or not, depending on your type of client. Whether to hold it in the evening, in the morning, on a weekend, all these things are worth thinking about. So check your calendar and your local events to make sure you don't pick a bad date. Also, planning ahead is absolutely key to having a successful event. There will be so many last minute things that just come up that you haven't even thought about. So the more things you can sort out in advance, the better. So along with your ideas and your budget, map out the schedule of what needs to be done by when before the event happens. And remember to give yourself enough time, but not so much time that you actually lose interest, get bored and the event never happens. Now, at number four, you need to build your committee. Now, I keep saying that an event is a lot of work to put on and it is. I don't want to put you off. 
They're also a lot of fun to organize, especially if you have help. They are hugely rewarding, and if done right, they're profitable too. But do what you can to lighten the load on yourself. If you have a team, get them to help you plan and execute your event too. If not, hey, what are friends for, right? Learn the strengths of your team so you'll know who to assign for things like decorations, food, entertainment, or even to host the event itself. Honestly, it can be a lot of fun to put on an event if you're doing it with others. Don't try and do everything yourself. And number five is all about marketing and promotion. Don't leave the promotion of your event until the last minute. After sorting the venue and the date and what's going to happen, this is absolutely the next most important thing. You could put on the most amazing event ever, but if no one knows about it, then what's the point? Now, the good news, like I said at the beginning, is that an event is generally speaking a one-off. You can totally hold the same event again later in the year or the following year or even more often than that. But at any given time, you are best to be simply marketing one single event so that it seems like a one-off. This is the best way to get maximum interest and engagement. So marketing for an event for your salon is actually easier than just marketing your salon because it comes with that built-in exclusivity and scarcity factor. Now also, because your event is to all intents and purposes a one-off, then the normal rules of promotion don't apply. By this, I mean that I normally advocate keeping your offers and promotions to specific channels so that you know what offer or promotion method is performing the best. But with an event, it's simply about the more eyeballs you can get on your event, the better, because you're promoting just that one thing. So plan out a design for your event that you can use in promoting it, whether it be online or in print, and just get it out in as many ways as cost effectively as possible. Now, that's if your event is public and the point is to get as many people to it as possible. But if the point of your event is to be exclusive, for example, to bring back lapsed clients or to reward your VIP or most loyal clients, then obviously you'll want to contact those people. And in this case, the more personal the invitation, the better. So a personal email at the very, very least through to a handwritten card or a personal video works really well in this situation. Oh, and if it is a public event, any event makes a great subject matter to post about over time on your social media channels. Now, it doesn't always have to be overtly promoting the event either. One of the upsides of there being such a lot to organize in advance of an event is there's always something you can post about. For example, I've just booked the venue for our summer event. Can you guess where it is? Along with a cryptic picture is a great way to tell people that there's an event coming up and pique their interest without actually saying, hey, come to my event. So not only can you use social media to promote your event, but your event actually gives you things to keep posting about on social media. So there you go. Win, win. Two for the price of one. So what can you actually hold events for? Well, there are loads of ideas. And again, the more creative you can be, the better. But popular ones that work really, really well are things like a spa or salon anniversary, a VIP appreciation party, a new salon opening or a new therapist or stylist welcome event, a new branch opening, a ribbon cutting for a new spa or a salon media day, holiday parties like Christmas, Easter, Valentine's Day, that kind of thing, um, related national days like National Women's Month, National Best Friend Day, National Spa Week, Mental Health Awareness Week, that kind of thing, you know, as long as they relate to some way in your business. And then there are also events you can organize actually as part of your offering for your clients, doing whatever it is that you do, but also organizing the event around it so they don't have to. Things like bachelorette or hen parties, baby showers, friends weekends, that kind of thing. Now, you've then got collaboration or sponsored parties that I mentioned earlier. You can collaborate with a charity or a partner or a local business where the event takes place in your salon or another venue 
but you organize it or you share the organization so the whole job isn't falling on you. But this type of event usually works better for a larger event, probably an evening event that is planned much further in advance. More work for sure, but it's shared out and usually results in much bigger results too. Now, often if your supplier or product house launches a new product or treatment, you can actually offer your salon or spa to host a launch party in your area. And if you get in there first before anyone else, then you're likely to bag a whole load of free product from your supplier in return, as well as some upgraded promotions because of what they'll do, not to mention a load of new clients and the envy of your local competition. And then you've got less party-focused, more educational-based events. So if you're looking to establish yourself in an area or you're bringing a new treatment concept to market, this works really, really well. Now, you can create simple tutorials or educational classes like how to style your hair in five minutes for work, how to do easy morning makeup effects, or the quickest, most effective basic skin routine, that kind of thing. Showing that you really know what you're talking about and helping people creates that expert effect and works wonders for your own business reputation. Now, actually, this reminds me of an event that I didn't make it to in the end, but I thought it was a fantastic idea in my local area. So a local hair salon put an event and it was an evening for dads of small daughters teaching them how to do simple foolproof hairstyles for their little girls that even dads could manage. And the whole thing was catered for with burgers and beer. What a brilliant idea. Now, I didn't even actually make it along in the end. I can't remember why. But guess where I now take my daughter for her haircutting? So there you go. As with most of my episodes, this is actually a huge topic. But I hope to have covered the key points around why to hold an event and what to do. And if I've convinced you that it's something that you should think seriously about, and I hope I have, then come up with your plan and go from there. Now, don't forget, my team and I have created a really handy event planner checklist that you can download 100% for free from www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 51. Now, I always say this, but I never know if this is the first episode you've listened to of the show, so I'm going to say it again. You can let me know your thoughts about an episode in the comments on the show notes pages at beautybusinesspodcast.com or you can leave me a super quick rating which takes about five seconds on iTunes or if you have a whole minute to spare, leave me a review as well. Now, not only does this help other beauty business owners to find the show and know that it's worth listening to, but it might even make it onto my Impact 365 page too. Okay then, next week... I'm going to be back with another episode and I promise I'll be back because by the time you hear this, I will have already recorded it. So next week's episode is the type of episode that's always one of the most popular. It's a straightforward, practical list of stuff you can do in your salon, in your clinic or in your spa to save you money right now. Yes, I normally focus on helping you build your business, but a key part of that is watching pennies. After all, the less you spend, the more you make. So this is going to be 10 practical things that you can do to save you somewhere in the region of, I think, around about £5,000 or around $6,500 per year, which isn't really to be ignored. So I hope to see you back here in about a week. Bye for me for now.